Hey, welcome to Plant Profits. Uh, this is Vern Davis, your host. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. Look, I'm excited about my guest today. Uh, he, and, he and I have had a chat before, and um, uh, he's he's in a very, very important and interesting uh, space, I would say, when it comes to the cannabis environment. Uh, he's sought after expert on cannabis banking and compliance. Uh, he has over a decade of private and in-house legal practice experience. Uh, now he operates Abaca, uh, a digital financial platform connecting cannabis business with bank accounts, payment processing, lending, and more. You heard me, bank accounts, payment processing, lending, and more. Now, you guys didn't think that was available uh, in the cannabis environment, but that is, and thanks greatly to the CEO and co-founder of Abaca, uh, Dan Rhoda. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Man, uh, I'm, I'm so, so happy that we're able to have this chat. We got a lot to talk about and and uh, first thing is what I, I really want to talk about is you a little bit, because, you know, you're sitting over in Arkansas, but that's not native land for you. Uh, not. I grew up in the Philadelphia area. Go birds. Um, yeah. You know, and you can take uh, take the kid out of Philadelphia, but a little bit of Philadelphia always sticks with you. Um, yeah. After I graduated. Cheese steaks. Cheese oh, yeah. steaks. You know, uh, you'll never fully uh, outrun the desire for a cheesesteak, no matter how hard you try or how far you travel. Um, but Stop right there, Dan. Stop right there, Dan. Stop right there. Now, I know some folks, some native Philadelphians, as I call them, and they live in other parts of the country. They literally have, they got their spot in, in Philly and they have it shipped to them. Are you that guy? Um, you know, thanks to uh, companies like Goldbelly, I'm not going to say that I, I haven't at least occasionally dabbled in having some of my favorite regional foods shipped down to me. Uh, yeah. But I've been pleasantly surprised. We actually okay. have a, a bar and restaurant down the street from my office where I'm dialed in today. Uh, That's dangerous. The chef is from the Philadelphia area, uh, gets the yeah. bread shipped in from Amoroso's Bakery in Philly and makes the rest here. And I mean, it's I feel like I'm back on South Street. You know, it's it's legit. There you go. There you go. I've been on South Street. Yeah, there, there you go. That is great. But yeah, so you grew up in the Philly area. Right. And um, you've. Well, you're you're an attorney. You're uh, also a tax attorney. Uh, so you you kept going. You got your your JD, and you said, "Let me do a little specialization." Now, why why did you were you just that interest in it, or you just love that you know uh, that part of 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 uh, counting finance? You know, the tax law is maybe more interesting than it sounds uh, because it's the okay. intersection of mathematics and law. And so, okay. uh, you know, it, 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 it's yeah. something that is it, 
you know, it had it always had at least theoretical interest to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's just say uh, I've found a field that's a bit more fun to be in, uh, and and that is cannabis law. And so before mm-hmm. getting into cannabis banking and cannabis financial services, uh, I was active in the movement that got medical cannabis passed here in Arkansas. Uh, it was a state constitutional amendment that we worked on, gathered yeah. signatures, got it voted on and approved uh, and and implemented. So got into the industry very early here in Arkansas as an attorney. And uh, in doing so, uh, I discovered what uh, many of your listeners are probably very well aware of, which is uh, the myriad of banking and and payments uh, related problems that are in the space. Uh, No, no, no doubt. Now, how in the hell did you get to Arkansas? Well, uh, and and why, why, why Arkansas? You could go anywhere. Let me paint the picture for you. Uh, Okay. 2008. I had just graduated from Villanova Law School outside of Philadelphia, a a very good law school, but one of, in fact, several well-respected law schools in the Philadelphia area. And 2008 was uh, a time where law firms were not hiring. In fact, many of them were either on a hiring freeze or worse. And so- In 2008, nine, not many people were hiring. I know. Yeah. I'm in the talent business. And, uh, you know, I had just gotten out of law school, uh, was dating a girl now my wife, uh, who had also gone to Villanova, uh, which is where okay. we met, and she is from a small town in Arkansas, and she uh-huh. kind of posed the idea, well, would you consider looking for a job down there? And uh, ended up having some interviews uh, with firms in Arkansas who, you know, if they had heard of Villanova, it was because we were good <laughs> at basketball, and, uh, you know, that 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 reputation actually, I think, was helpful, ended up with a couple of offers, and uh, nice. started working at a firm here, and, you you know, it's been a, a great community. Uh, okay. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised when in 2016, in fact, both Arkansas and my home state of Pennsylvania passed medical cannabis at the same time. You know, of course, I'd been following what had you know been going on in Colorado and California and elsewhere. Yeah. And if my home state had cannabis uh, lawfully available, uh, at least through a physician's recommendation, you know, several years prior to my new state, that might have put me in a position of really rethinking that decision to move to Arkansas, you know, might have been yeah. like, hey, do we need to go back to Philly? But 2016, <laughs> they both passed it at the same time. And, uh, you know, that, that's, more- that's, that's, that seems like beyond the coincidence. But right? <laughs> so you were, so that to you meant something. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, So tell me your cannabis story. Yeah. Let's go back and and tell me, you know, your cannabis story and and where uh, back before 2016, where when this happened, that you saw something, but there's something before that. What is it? You know, cannabis has always been an important part of my life. Uh, yeah. I can attribute, uh, you know, most of my important friendships, uh, relationships, okay. and, you know, hobbies, passions, interests, a lot of the things I've been exposed to in my life, uh, cannabis had something to do do with it. You know, okay. uh, I think back to uh, freshman year of college, uh, you know, meeting a group of friends in the dorm and, and uh, you know, heading out onto the balcony and, and forging friendships that way. Uh, yeah. Back when cannabis was still uh, very much illicit and could, could get you in trouble. And, you know, there was that forged bond over the risk and the danger element as well. Uh, but of course, the thing that was really bringing us together was the plant, right? So um, true. Yes. 
And so, you know, uh, it, it's cannabis has always been an area that has interested me. In fact, uh, even before I had ever actually uh, gotten to uh, to try cannabis uh, as a young, uh, I think I was in ninth grade uh, when okay. California passed Prop 215 and I was a junior uh-huh. high school student or, or, you know, middle school student, I guess, in Pennsylvania. Uh, I remember writing a term paper advocating for Prop 215 to be passed, you know, 95, 96, and getting called into the principal's office. Uh, not necessarily because they objected to uh, the position I was taking in the article, but because they were perhaps concerned that somebody so young was advocating so passionately uh, for marijuana. But I remember thinking all the way back to the D.A.R.E. program, which was like fifth or sixth grade when they I don't I don't think they do this anymore because it's been proven to just be, I don't know, completely ill-informed and useless. Right. But they used to bring a cop into elementary school classrooms and like this cop would have a teddy bear with him that was also a cop like the teddy bears in a police uniform. Right. And the cop and the teddy bear are sitting there teaching you about drugs. And I remember he's describing marijuana and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, what's the bad part? Like, you didn't tell me the downside, officer, you know? And uh, ever since then, I remember thinking, well, there's this plant. You smoke it that, and you get happy. And, that that reminds know, me. That I'm a little great. bit older than, Dan, I'm a little bit older than you, man. And and that, your story reminds me of the smoke and the bear that used to come into the school. <laughs> Tell us about forest fires. Yeah, but that bear's got a good message. I mean, we should yeah. all aspire to prevent forest fires. Uh, <laughs> but the bear who was trying to keep, you know, trying to keep kids off drugs, well, if he removes cannabis from the curriculum, he'd have a lot more effective of a message, you know? I think you're absolutely, uh, absolutely right. I, I, people were not really interested in what he had to say, I'm sure. Uh <laughs> Not in the ninth grade, man. I'm thinking about experimenting with all kinds of things. Right. And so, you know, uh, long before I ever had the opportunity to partake, uh, cannabis was an area of interest to me. And so uh, fast forward to my adult life as a practicing attorney, and uh, I begin to witness this industry taking root and, and slowly starting to grow across the nation. And, you know, as soon as I realized that, that this was a factor, that the cat was out of the bag and, and not right. get pushed back in there, you know, I began looking for opportunities to get involved. It's we're going to stop. We're going to stop right there. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is the CEO and co-founder of Abaca, Dan Rhoda. Um, and and Dan, when we come back, we're going to dive into 2016, what happened, and what you started to do. Okay? We'll be right back. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back to Plant Profits. I'm your host, Vern Davis. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. Hey, my guest today uh, has created a business and CEO and co-founder of Abaca. And um, Abaca is all about bringing banking to the cannabis space. So uh, we were just about to, Dan and I were just about to talk about 2016, he had some interesting happen. 2016 was important to his home state and to the state that has now become his home state. Won't you tell us what happened and what you what your mind started to do when this happened and what what you thought was going to happen? 
Sure. Uh, you know, 2016 was an interesting turning point for the cannabis industry. Uh, this yeah. was you know, after Colorado and a handful of other states had gone adult use and, and launched those markets and the sky didn't fall. Right. And so mm-hmm. now in the wake of that, you started to have states that uh, previously uh, would not have seemed to be fertile ground for cannabis reform, uh, such as Arkansas, uh, my right. chosen state. Uh actually finding that within the the realm of possibility and and you know Pennsylvania as well that's a state that's fairly moderate it's got a you know fairly diverse political landscape Arkansas is thought to be fairly conservative but sort of has this libertarian streak and and in that same year uh, Pennsylvania by active legislature and and Arkansas by popular vote uh, did in fact both uh, both pass medical cannabis measures and uh, you know here as a practicing attorney in Arkansas I had the opportunity to get involved early, uh, you know, be mm-hmm. part of the group that, that got our measure passed and, and began shaping policy and, and uh, looking to get the industry off the ground. And so how was the group formed? How was the group formed and 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 what what's what was the vision of the group? So uh you know, back then, most of the larger law firms uh, still believed that uh, publicly stating that you worked in cannabis was a reputational risk or perhaps even a legal risk. Uh, lawyers could theoretically lose their license for representing a client that is openly violating the law, such as, right. uh, you know, you could deem everybody in cannabis to be. And so, uh, at least at that time, the only attorneys who were working in the space were kind of the independents, the cowboys. And so, uh, the lawyer who actually wrote our state's amendment, uh, as well as a handful of others who were willing to be vocal about the fact that we were in the space and in supportive of it, uh, banded together uh, and, and formed an industry association here mm-hmm. in the state. And so, you know, the, the objective was to ensure that this law that we just got passed uh, didn't get ruined by our state legislature, basically. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's you happened know. before. Certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, well, uh, every state that has launched a cannabis program has had some bumps in the road. And, and here in Arkansas, right. that was certainly the case as well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to report that our market did get up and running and is very strong. We've got some great operators. Uh, 80, tell 000. me about them. Tell me about the tell me about the paint a picture for us about the Arkansas cannabis. Because you, quite frankly, you just don't hear a lot about it. Uh, number one, it's pretty good. Uh, and and okay. I'm here to tell you that as one of our 80,000 or so uh, card carrying patients here in the state, I do speak okay. from uh, at least uh, somewhat of a position of authority on that topic. Um, okay. You know, like most markets, when we first launched, it was just flour, but we have a pretty full product line now of, you know, edibles, topicals, vaporize uh, products, concentrates, et cetera. So, you know, we've got the whole, uh, the whole, the full spectrum here, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, it's a limited license market. So there's a smaller number of producers, but there, you know, a couple of them have done, uh, you know, they've done deals where they are are bringing in products uh, that some of the more uh, popular national operators, some of the more well-known brands are able to come into the state. And so there's, uh, okay. you know, a beverage product that just hit the market that's pretty cool. Uh, we've seen some branded flour come in. Uh, Cheech and Chong's okay. branded flour just hit the state recently, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, we hear cookies is on the way. Uh, that's a popular oh. rumor that I can neither confirm oh, yeah. or deny. Um, no cookies. 
<laughs> so, you know, again, as a patient, it's exciting to see the variety and the, the diversity and get to check it out. Of course, I'm in the cannabis industry, so I find myself in adult use markets pretty regularly, too. And mm-hmm. I kind of view it like wine country. Um, you know, you can go to the liquor store at home and buy a bottle of wine. Uh, but if you're in Napa or Sonoma, you're probably still going to want to bring home a case. Right. Um, so I treat a trip right. to California or Colorado very much the same. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy the local flavor and uh, you know the terroir, as they say, the earth. Yeah, oh, the terroir, yes, <laughs> and it's it's everything that affects uh, the outcome of the product. I mean, yep. the elevation, the humidity, the the soil, the everything, the wind, the temperature, everything. Yeah, and can, I, since the very beginning, two thousand fourteen, I I started comparing of all of the adult consumable products, I compare wine to flour. It's, it's to me, it is absolutely the closest. Yeah, and, and, and I think similarly, if you look at a future state for the industry, you'll have large yeah. producers, uh, you know, making things in mass that are quite popular. Yeah. But you're also going to have that niche for that smaller producer who, you know, loves their craft and produces something unique in a much smaller quantity. And, and I think both can coexist just as they do, uh, you know, particularly in wine today. Yeah. No doubt. So you got, but you got together, you, you got involved politically or apolitically in this cannabis movement in Arkansas, but you also, now you've created Abacus. Now you've created this and uh, this business and, and tell us more about the launch of your business with your partners and, and uh, what, what opportunities you're creating and problems you're solving. Sure. Um, So, you know, at that time when we were just Mm -hmm. working to get the industry off the ground in Arkansas, uh, you know, as a lawyer who was willing to work in the space, I had a handful of clients come to me uh, seeking representation. And in each one uh, of those opportunities, as as we worked on their business plan and their application and their proposal uh, to file with the state in order to potentially obtain a license, we kept coming upon this banking problem. and, And I realized very quickly that not only was it a significant problem, but that it was a very, very misunderstood problem. Um, Mm. Most most people outside of cannabis uh, harbor this misconception that cannabis businesses are completely unbanked, that they can't get bank accounts and that they're just driving around vans full of cash everywhere. And it's, you know, just chaos. Uh, And that's not really the reality. The the truth is a bit more nuanced. It's that most banks won't serve cannabis businesses because it is complicated. It's cumbersome. It's expensive. There's a lot of compliance work, uh, but that there are at least a few places that cannabis businesses can obtain uh, normal financial services, uh, but there is this compliance hurdle to get over. And so when, yeah. when uh, you know, when we were looking at this, uh, Arkansas was the 21st state to pass some form of legal cannabis. So there were plenty of examples to look at for how things were done right uh, before we came along. Uh, and, and what we found, uh, among other cases, uh, was Partner Colorado Credit Union uh, and their president, Sunday Seafried, who, who just had mm-hmm. a big announcement, you know, She's a real pioneer in the space, uh, had, had uh, located the regulatory guidance that was issued in 2014 that told banks, you know, if you're going to serve cannabis, this is how you do it. And 
And she spun up a program at her credit union that was really the first publicly known example of how to do this right. And so we're sitting here in Arkansas seeing that this is now doable, that that she okay. has quite literally written, uh, she wrote the book on how to do this, uh, literally. And, and uh, we purchased and read the book and uh, applied her methodology here in Arkansas, but with a twist, uh, utilizing some technology that, that we have developed to do it faster, uh, do it more easily, and, and most importantly, uh, to, to achieve these compliance goals as painlessly as possible for the businesses that we support. Uh, okay. What we found when we got into the space was that the the handful of banks and credit unions that would potentially work with you as a cannabis business usually made you, the business operator, jump through a bunch of hoops and do a bunch of Mm -hmm. work. Not because they wanted to mess with you or give you a hard time, but because they had to. That was the only way that they had to comply with this extensive regulatory burden. Uh, We've automated these processes. We tie into your seed to sale data uh, to get a lot of this information automatically. And so now now you can have, uh, you know, what feels and acts like a, a normal, uh, high-quality, high-tech bank account, um, without having to deal with any of the compliance headaches as well as a cannabis business. So, so this, and, and you're saying that the center of your solution that's created uh, this more uh, created some normalcy to this is technology you, you guys developed and own. That's correct. Okay. That, that to me is is uh, very interesting. Is it yours? I mean, have you guys patented? Have you tried? What, I mean, is it is it something? Is it is it a barrier to entry as a competitor for you? It is. I will say that there are also a handful of other technology companies in this space that have looked at the same problem and solved it perhaps similarly. Um, But uh, it it is, in fact, a barrier there. I I don't want to claim that we're the only ones who know how to do this. We have uh, peers and competitors who are also... uh, quite competently solving this compliance problem. Uh, but to answer your first question, the, uh, the the technology and the processes that we have developed are proprietary, uh, you know, and, and are, uh, you know, protectable intellectual property. That is great. When we come back, I want to, I want to get more into Abacus and, and, and your future outlook. Okay. On, on banking and the cannabis space. Um, and I think that'll be very interesting. Very, uh, very interesting, man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And thank you all for joining us here today. My guest is Dan Rhoda, CEO and co-founder of Abaca. And we will be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back. This is Vern Davis, and I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. And my guest today, my guest today is Dan Rota. And Dan is the CEO and co-founder of Abaca. And we're having a really interesting discussion about banking and, and how folks have are really trying to normalize this. Because obviously we know that illegally it's illegal, uh, it's an illegal operation on a federal level. So that to me says stop. So Dan, one question I had is that there's this sense that there's a lot of people that still believe that in these states that these people are doing something wrong, that, right, you know, and and they have myths that people can't buy homes. Uh, They can't, 
do regular stuff you do with money and banking because you 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 uh, achieved it through an illegal illicit way and and so help us write this wrong in our perceptions and bring us to reality what's really going on here well, the good news is that it improves every year. Uh, the horror okay. stories that you've heard uh, do have a basis in fact, and this was very true. Uh, you know, in Colorado in particular, we would hear these stories pretty regularly after 2014. Um, right. Somebody would begin getting paid. Uh, either their employer could only pay them in cash, so they're depositing cash, or perhaps they had a payroll check, but it had the name of their employer on it, a dispensary. They're losing right. their personal bank account. As a consequence of that, they can no longer verify their personal income to qualify for a home mortgage. We don't hear these stories as much anymore, thankfully, as uh, there are enough community banks that want to originate mortgages that are willing to go the extra mile and actually support these customers. But that was just kind of one of the many weird ripple effects of the cannabis banking problem you'd hear. Uh, the reality is that the industry does have at least some options available to it for banking, uh, but in a lot of areas, those options may be limited. They may be underserved. Uh, it's what we refer to as underbanked, uh, which is the state of having limited banking access, uh, but uh, having other financial services tend to be difficult to access. The big one uh, in cannabis, of course, is credit card processing, as the major credit card networks are, are still off limits to cannabis. And the big unknown for those of us in the space is, uh, suppose the Safe Banking Act does pass, maybe the sixth time is the charm here, right? And we're all kind of hoping yeah. it is. Is, is that going to be enough to get Visa to change their policy and say, well, actually, we will permit cannabis transactions on our network? What do you think? Uh, I say yes. I'm an optimist. Uh, I think there are, there's enough at stake here. Uh, there are enough uh, big payments companies and important players in the space that are looking at this and that are preparing and that are advocating to make the case to Visa and to MasterCard that if the law changes, uh, there is now a pathway to responsibly open up the credit card networks to cannabis while managing the risk. Um, mm -hmm. there, there is a real risk. And, and the thing you need to consider is that as long as cannabis is still prohibited in portions of the country uh, where, where it's traded legally, we do have an obligation to protect against the illegal trade, uh, especially trade that would result in cannabis perhaps ending up in the hands of minors. And so uh, the banks play a part in this today. Uh, a cannabis business that has a bank account needs to be able to prove they're one of the good guys. Uh, likewise, for a cannabis business to begin accepting credit cards, uh, you know, post safe banking or, or whatever uh, legalization is required required to get us there, they will also have to prove their compliance uh, in order to access uh, the Visa network, the, the MasterCard network, et cetera. And so uh, there will still continue to be a challenge. And, and that's where we can continue at Abaca to play a role uh, in normalizing and translating. We're kind of your conduit. We speak cannabis to the banks to help them understand your business and not be afraid of it. Likewise, right. we speak banking to you to help you understand uh, and help make it as easy as possible to comply with all of the requirements that the banks have. So, you know, you, you, yeah, Dan, this, this is good because I, I have a lot of questions about that, right? Is what happens to, cause you're, you're helping people in a time where it, you're trying to smooth the landscape for them. And, and so that they can do normal things businesses do. And, and now this, this, this banking act comes in and to your points, say we finally get it approved and, you know, everybody's excited. 
what what happens to abacus i mean you know do you have to do a huge pivot or it's pretty much similar work so you know you would uh, it, it, you would be forgiven perhaps for thinking that that would be a catastrophic moment for us, that we would be right. just dreading that day. Uh, the reality yeah. is that that a bank account is just one of the many financial services that a cannabis business needs. And right. well, uh, you know, the passage of the Safe Banking Act would certainly result in more banks being able to come in and offer that service. It also mm-hmm. unlocks a, a wide variety of additional services, uh, you know, credit card processing, issuing, payments, uh, you know, insurance, bonding, lending, all these other financial services that are constrained uh, by this banking problem will be set free, not immediately, not overnight, but uh, certainly over time. And so we're in a position there uh, where we will then have a much bigger menu of financial services that we'll be able to offer to our customers. If we do our jobs right, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even after safe banking or something uh, at the federal level passes that results in some of the larger banks being able to come in uh, into the space, uh, we will have proven that that we can serve their needs better uh, and in a more specialized and efficient way uh, than the big banks. And, you know, you just have to look into the fintech space outside of cannabis uh, and, and you will see a wide variety of, of fintechs or, or financial technology companies uh, that is mm-hmm. just tech companies offering financial services, they're doing this in all kinds of niche industries and verticals, uh, most of whom do not have the compliance problem we have. There are fintech banks and and, and neobank type solutions out there for private landlords and doctors and dentists, and and even just for Mm -hmm. millennials and zennials who don't want to go into a bank branch. Uh, They've probably all gotten hit up with commercials for something like Chime or Simple. So- Right. You know, even post legalization, uh, we feel that there is a tremendous opportunity in, in using a digital platform to deliver financial services directly to the cannabis businesses that need them. Uh, you know, yeah. over thinking beyond the bank branch. No, that's great. I and and that, that's that's awesome that you guys are there, and you're ready for the, the explosion of opportunity when the when the act passes. Uh, that's great. So it's actually going to. Grow, help grow your business and you'll be your value proposition just explodes. I can see that happening. And I think that's, that's awesome. What are some of the problems that you guys face as a business? And I, what I really want to get into a little bit is the world of work, right? And, and, you know, how uh, this environment that we're in today and how is it affecting what you guys do on a daily basis and how does it affect your clients? And, and what is, has banking been affected that you see that actually has an impact on your business in this world of work? So uh, outside of the cannabis industry, just society at large. Uh, yeah took by some measures a 10-year leap forward in in banking and digital technology in the first three months of the pandemic. And you probably don't need to think much, much, uh, much beyond your own family. Uh, And you've probably got, you know, a cousin, an uncle, a great aunt who you had to talk through maybe how to access their bank account on mobile or how to, you know, mobile deposit a check for the first time during the pandemic. And, And these are people who, you know, organically, it might have been 10 years or maybe never before they ever considered accessing financial services digitally. Uh, But there's this massive shift in society forced that change in behavior sooner. And so uh, this has 
happening externally outside of cannabis. You have all over society, people moving more towards digital delivery of financial yeah. services, digital payments. Um, yeah. In cannabis, our leap forward has been constrained uh, by the fact that we do not currently have access to the credit card networks. But cannabis consumers certainly desire the same experience that uh, you know consumers of, of many other industries uh, desire today, which is to sit on the couch, open up their mobile yeah. device, order the thing that they want and have it appear at their door uh, seamlessly uh, with as few button presses as possible. And, uh, you know, we are very close to that in cannabis and, and we will be there very soon. And so th this external shift, uh, you know, has made, I think, cannabis operators realize, well, you know, we need to prepare too. We've got maybe a little more time, but this is what consumers want in every other context and they're going to want it here as well. And, uh, you know, for us, uh, it, it's given us an opportunity uh, really to help people think think beyond the branch as where they access their banking. Oh, that's great. And and, and that, uh, I agree with you. It, it changed a lot of perspective in everything we do the first few months of, uh, of COVID uh, in 2020 when this thing hit. It, it really affected us all. And, and businesses, banking, many businesses became more of a digital service and opportunity uh, for the consumer. And, and uh, I totally agree with you. And I, I love your Abacus story. Uh, I love the, that you guys found an opportunity. Uh, you saw a problem and you attacked it, uh, you know, uh, and, and really try to normalize something that should be normal, uh, definitely should be normal. So I really appreciate that. Any last words you want to leave us with? Uh, Dan, about Abaca or about the cannabis space, uh, briefly just uh, give you an opportunity to, to move us forward here. You know, I, I think if there's any one thing I could convey here, and frankly, I'm hoping this this maybe comes through on its own, uh, it's that we at Abaca, and, and certainly I personally, uh, we're very, very passionate about the cannabis plant, about its power, about the good that it can do, and about uh -huh. the role that we play, uh, not just in, in supporting the businesses in the space, but in really truly helping normalize the cannabis experience. And I, I don't know that this is true uh, of, of every company, even in this space, and certainly, uh, past, uh, if you look into the future, this won't be true mm -hmm. of conventional banks that come in uh, and, and attempt to serve the same uh, customers that we're serving today. And so, uh, you know, for us, it's been a privilege to be able to get in and be a part of this industry as it grows. And, and we believe that, that our passion for the plant and our genuine connection to our clients and the industry that we serve uh, will enable us to, uh, to continue to be uh, an important part of the industry, uh, whatever the future brings. Man, I, that's a great message, and I concur. And uh, I really, really enjoyed uh, our time today, uh, Dan, and looking forward to more uh, connections with you and conversations with you as this thing evolves. And, and I took note of the things you, that you mentioned that would, that would be appropriate and accurate what would happen to Abaca. Uh, once this this banking act uh, comes to fruition here, and I, I can't wait to talk to you after that, just to see if those things really really came to light. And I'm sure there'll be others uh, that we didn't discuss. But I really want to thank you uh, for being here with us, and I want to thank all of you for joining us here on Plant Profits, and uh, really appreciate that. And uh, just 
But look, you can download episodes of Plant Profits and find this episode uh, where we have this conversation with Dan Rota, CEO and co-founder of Abaca. Um, find this episode, download it, uh, because there was some information given today uh, about uh, normalization of banking and and uh, just it, money and 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 cannabis that I think is. Uh, is telling and and it's going to it's coming to fruition now and it will even more with a little help from our friends um, and social networks you can find us uh, in social networks you can find the the podcast uh, anywhere you get your podcast Apple Spotify iHeart any major podcast podcast platform look for us. Uh, Plant Profits, which is brought to you by Protus Global. And Protus Global, you can find us, uh, Protus Global, in any of your social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. And take a look at uh, how we're changing people's lives, how we're building companies. And uh, take a look at ProtusGlobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S Global.com. And look, until next time, I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and I appreciate you all being here with us. And uh, Dan Rota, you're a great guest. Thank you. Thank you. This is fun. Awesome. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.